Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Put themselves on that burrito, baby. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk More Movies, the show where we try and talk about movies but never really talk about anything and everything else. I am your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Sean Cole. And to my right is... Colin Aaron. We don't have a live musician this week because we had that lovely intro sent to us by our good friend Ryan Scruff McGarrigle. And listener. And uh, listener. I love you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to thank him for that. I can only put it as a beautiful catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> Cer- certainly the greatest theme tune I've ever heard in my fucking life. That was pretty good. It is. Maybe we should like recycle and just keep using that. Or no, no, fuck it. No, we'll, we'll keep doing it. Go so many ways. I can mean so many things. So many things are possible. <laughs> the world is our fucking oyster. Well, that's endless. Dairy is our oyster. This podcast is going to take up the fucking world. What a theme tune. Fucking angels is our fucking oyster. What a time. What a time to be alive. Honestly, you with me? You with me? Angels are oyster. Yeah, if you. If you like that uh, intro and think you could do a wee 30 second thing yourself, why not send this? Let's yeah. talk more movies at right gmail.com. Bang, bang, baby. We could be making fun of your work as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, another quick thing the our competition, Six Degrees of Separation, is still running. It'll run for another couple of weeks. Uh, he wants to explain how it works. Sean, you did it. Heron did it last week. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Well, obviously, we started the competition last week for our 10th episode a Celebration Bonanza Extravaganza. And uh, we're offering up a multi-pack of Watsits. You know what I mean? Premium, premium, premium prize. Yeah. We're ar- uh, offering a bargain bucket DVD. And we'll, we're also offering a... Uh, what was our prize? Oh, yeah, the, the, the glass, the pint glass. Yeah, the, the, the thing that you're currently holding and drinking out of. The, uh, and also you're getting, of course, Mickey Saliva. Uh, the last one more movie is Pint Glass. So, uh, Six Degrees of Separation. What you have to do is... Uh, you have to connect John Wayne with Macaulay Culkin. Now, you obviously do that through, like, actors they've worked with or directors that they've worked with. Uh, the person who gets it in the least amount of moves wins. And if multiple people get it in the same amount of moves, we're just going to do a draw of whoever gets that amount yeah. of people. So, uh, yeah, definitely send in uh, your responses or sorry, your answers. And then, you know, you could be in line for, like, a, a lack of bags of Chris Luck, you know what I mean? Yeah, so Danger Bottle. And this week's Danger Bottle was provided by my lovely girlfriend, Jill. She she found it while doing. She lovely. She found it while doing uh, food shopping, and she's seen it, and she said, 
this is the perfect danger bottle. See, this is the first time that the danger bottle hasn't been revealed to us, and I'm kind of shite myself. <laughs> it's on, say, a semi-cam bag. I think I might need to go to semi-cam tomorrow after fucking drinking it. But, uh, aye, whap it out. See if this is cologne, Mickey. I'm going to bet that fucking You're not going to make There's alcohol in it. We're not drinking turtle duck or whatever. Hey, Sean, bet Tanner's fucking Listerine. But this this text the three boxes for I think what a danger ball should be is it's under five pounds it, I'm pretty sure I think it was four or three ninety nine. Okay. It's, uh, it's pretty strong, fifteen percent, mm. and it sounds absolutely fucking terrible. Oh no! All right, well, reveal it, reveal it. The danger bottle this week is, is Scott Smack. Oh my fuck! Is this a scotch? Yeah. Is this a scotch? Because yeah. I have awful nightmares about scotch no, from no, when I was like no, 14 or 15. Let me tell you what it is. It's, it's wine and whiskey. Oh <laughs> my fuck, what is this? British uh, British wine with the flavours of a fine whiskey. Oh fuck, it, it is actually going on. The, the, you know what I mean? Wine is fine, but liquor's quicker, but they thought you all fuck up and mash yeah. them both together and just fuck you up all yeah. together. Like. Just just as a wee experiment, I want to give it a, a Ray Donovan closed off man. Kind of vibe. A man apart. Ray, Ray Donovan? Oh, I Lee Schreiber? Are you, are you a Donna fan? Oh, I is a Donna fan. I. <laughs> I'm a Donna fan. Uh, <laughs> so it's a... Uh, based upon the original recipe, Scotch Mag is a subtle blend of mature British wine and fine whiskey. <sighs> Scotch Mag can... Scotch Mag can be enjoyed straight over ice or long drink with extra vodka water dry ginger yeah I'm prepared for the mixing <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose it's uh, it's made from exported grape juice <laughs> very good Liam. very good very yeah. good leaf striper very yeah. good leaf striper yeah, the man set for stardom let's be honest yeah. right so we're gonna get a we're gonna get a test yet now <laughs> provided I don't become a pedophile <laughs> cut that out <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, oh, I don't think it, you can it, remember from two was, seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, I needed a wee cigarette after, you know. But uh, no, it was uh, fucking vanilla. It's what? like It's like vanilla, wine, and fucking a wee bit of whiskey. That sounds like vanilla, oh, wine, and, and whiskey. That's what it tastes like. In a good way. Michael, <laughs> your opinion? <laughs> your face you're about to give it a positive review and then it just hit the back of your throat I think I know it's it, it's it's kind of alright but still kind of banging and then vanilla kicks in for some reason why is there vanilla in there like as know. if there's not enough going on in this bottle but there I'll give it a you go what? Oh, it, the, I, I, the I can drink that all goddamn night the vanilla I can smell the vanilla even before I, it's, it actually smells like fucking coffee liqueur even before you drink it what the mm. fuck's that about anyway it's actually pureed ice cream yeah, it is. We uh, colored day. Oh, that's fucking brown. awful. Yeah, that's really. I mean, like, it's it ain't banging. You know, it's it's, it's not it's, it's not as bad. bad. I I thought it was gonna be like. Get me that fucking bottle. It's like it's trying to have a beef. It's more wine. It's more kind of whiny than what I was expecting. I thought the whiskey would come through a wee bit more, but I, it is just kind of like an off sweet or something like that. It's like mm. chocolate that's worth fucking out of it or something. There there is a, a overtone of whiskey. Jesus Christ! No, do you know what I actually fucking taste like? Now thinking about it, tastes like yogurt that's went off. That's what it's kind of like. I've never had off. Yet. I don't think it feels. Oh, my favorite is good. Jesus, white specific hair. Jesus. <laughs> I don't think I've ever tasted a danger. Quite I think hair's a Scots Mac man from my own. Look at that last uh, Scots Mac and fucking 15 cans. <laughs> <laughs> right, 
Crazy. What, what have we watched this week? Uh, watched a couple of films this week. Uh, actually, I watched a stack, but I'll just kind of focus on the uh, the one or two that kind of stood out to me. First one that kind of stood out to me was uh, About Time, a uh, 2013 film, obviously by Richard Curtis. It's got uh, Donald Gleeson, Rachel McAdams. Love it. Bal Nye. Yeah, I was chatting about it later on in the week. It is actually really good. I'll just explain the plot for anybody who's not actually seen it. Uh, Bal Nye plays Donald Gleeson's father. On Donald Gleeson's 21st birthday, his father reveals him that all the men in this family can fucking time travel. Which, and then obviously Donald Gleeson's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? But... There's a nice inversion of the whole time travel sort of trope, whereas and and, and Bill Nye's character actually says, "Oh, we, we can't go back and kill Hitler." Uh, the inversion is is that the men in the family can only travel back in time the moments that they've actually lived. You know what I mean? So I, I like that because it, it it gets rid of all the fantastical elements like going back and seeing the dinosaurs, and it kind of keeps it a wee bit in a strange way time travel like realistic and a wee bit more human. Keeps which it is, simpler. Yeah, it keeps it simpler, and and, it, and the way I seen it is that. It means then that the time travel aspect of it is basically just complementing the narrative instead of like overpowering it. You know what I mean? But the film itself, it's just a really nice film. All of Richard Curtis's films are just really nice. You know, you've got like Notting Hill and, and, and fucking Four Winds and stuff like that. It does get kind of criticized sometimes for being like overly sentimental and we but too warm and fuzzy and shit like that. And I can kind of see where people are coming from. But for me, I think he just, he writes really kind of nice narratives. They are simple narratives and he, he writes good characters. You know what I mean? In this film, uh, Bill Nye's character, Donald Gleeson's character, and even Rachel McAdams' character are all really well written, and you just want them they they have their happy end. You know what I mean? It's it's unlike other uh, rom-coms where it's so flat and formulaic, and it's just boy and girl and meet, and then they jump from A to B, and then they end up together at the end, and you've seen it so many times, you can give a shit about the characters and the narrative. But what is strange, I know it calls me make a point here, but I've compared it to other rom-coms. If you've seen the advertising, the trailers, any sort of promotional material for... Uh, about time, you would assume that it's a rom-com and you would assume it's all about Rachel McAdams and Donald Gleeson getting together. That film was so, so much-sold. Uh, this isn't a spoiler, but uh, for anybody who's seen About Time or is going to watch it, Donald Gleeson and Rachel McAdams are married with two wains about 50 minutes into the film. You know what I mean? That's not. That's actually not the storyline at all. It then kind of goes into this... Big time. It then goes into this kind of story about life and it does have a simple message like most of Richard Curtis's films. It's just love life to the fullest and it's just kind of a nice thing towards them where he decides not to time travel anymore and he just wants to cherish every day Don't once. Don't fucking ruin it. No, it's not, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's not even, it's not even ruin it's just, it's just a wee bit on there. But, uh, why well, like this, it's not really about a, a, like a romantic love, it's about a, like a family love, it's just a nice subplot with uh, Donald Gleeson and his sister and then like, Con- like Collins already said, yeah. uh, I think the main crux of the story is the relationship between him and his dad. Uh, Bill Nye and Donald Gleeson have some fucking amazing, amazing chemistry. And some of their, their last scenes, every scene they're in is really affecting and really engages you. And, and as well, Donald Gleeson and Rachel McAdams are, are really good. But uh, really, really enjoyed it. It's just a nice watch. Mm. And I think that because there's so many downer endings and so many fucking you know, cynical fucking worldviews and films you see nowadays, sometimes it is just nice to watch a feel-good film that just makes you feel good. Feeling good, feels good. So Aye. fuck it. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, the, I I actually really love that film. Yeah. And um, I'm a massive Richard Curtis fan. It was <clears throat> it was around that time I actually watched interviews with Bill Nye about the film, mm-hmm. and then started watching the Love Actually interviews and stuff. And Bill Nye said something which was really nice and just really you know heartfelt about Richard Curtis, and he said that you know he's doing something really revolutionary, which is he's focusing on the good things in people rather than the bad things. Yeah. You know because. 
I mean, it, it just applies not just to phone, but it applies to people too. You know, mm. we saw, oh, this, this fucking thing happened in work and this, whatever, and all whatever, whatever. You know, and, oh, that boy's a dickhead, this, you know, this kind of stuff. And I think just that sentence and that sentiment to yeah. me and the way he said, focus on the good things rather than the bad things and people rather than just being critical all the fucking time. Exactly. This is a lovely sentiment of, of Richard Curtis, and you're, you're, you're so dead on about. It isn't a rom com. It's, it's a father son story. It's not. It's just. It's, That's it's probably it's how they sold it. Really, they did sell it as a rom com. Obviously, to get you know kind of pe- people mm. in seats and get and drive up the box office. But it's a beautiful film. It right? is. It's just a lovely it's film. And and, and that's film, that's actually I didn't know that about that interview and just kind of focusing on the positives of people. But you can definitely see it because when I first started watching, it, I thought that it might have been like a a, a rom com that you know mm. was was kind of written a bit better because <coughs> Richard Curtis is obviously a good writer. Mm. And then I was just pleasantly surprised that it wasn't that. And it was just a film about life and. Um, what I really liked as it's well it's his last film as well he said that a few times which is crazy <coughs> I, ho- I hope not film. because it's do you know what he's just he's, he's a good punch in the arm sometimes like I was saying you watch so many films right. that are downbeat and you know a Richard Curtis film just going to lift you up a wee bit and, and they are nice to see it was I think like Mark Hamoud said uh, in an interview because he said he watched Love Actually and he tore it to shreds and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff but uh, he said his wife watched it twice or something on a plane and then I think he came back and rewatched it and 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 he's actually said this since about lots of Richard Curtis films. He's I could he's ever since four weddings it's been this and it's been that and yeah. sort of torn apart. But he says you he sort of he says you can't help smiling. Nah, exactly. You know, and he and he says as much as as far as film theory takes you and and whatever he says sometimes it just there's a good heart at, at yeah. the center of it. It's made him make you feel as well. Nah, exactly. You know, and I mean, as much as I love Scorsese and I love you know. You know, I mean, you love the technicalities of it, the Christopher Nolan's yeah. and this kind of stuff, but there's something just right at the heart of Richard Curtis's films. I, I have to say, I'm going to admit this on air. Mm-hmm. I cried watching about time. Aww. Aww. <laughs> but listen, I mean, it is definitely a film. It's, I mean, Aye. we don't want to spoil anything, but I can I can definitely see yeah. with some of the scenes why that would be the case. There's, there's a fellow scene with uh, Bill Nye and, Don- and a version of Donald Gleason on a beach. Yeah. And I fucking oh I, yeah, I know exactly what we're talking I about. It does get you. I lost that net, and I was just. It's it won't be my recommendation this week, but me and Heron obviously strongly suggest that you watch about <laughs> time. See, if, especially Aye. see if you're sitting with uh, your partner, even if you're sitting yourself. It's just a lovely film that will make you feel very good. Uh, so what did you watch this weekend? Um, I watched two films this week. Uh, I'll talk about Terminator Genesis first. Mm. Bad film. <laughs> See that there was a kind of you left that hanging, and I was dying to say I've heard it. Did you actually watch it? Yeah. The sun yeah. <laughs> no, I just heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see the th- the thing actually about the film, I was you're, actually you're kind, I was actually kind of back and forth the whole way through the film. Like, like the first maybe like twenty minutes, half an hour, you you're it's it's all it's all right. Like you're you're kind of into it, like and seems to be going along well. And then I have it on good authority. It's pish. <laughs> it is pish. I'm yeah. not saying that it isn't. Is it, see, when you say good authority, do you mean literally every film critic on earth? Because yeah, they all fucking I mean, they all battered it. I mean, good authority is enough. Seen the trailer. I th- see. See, even for me, I think the trailer was enough. I thought the trailer was. It looked fucking awful. I I didn't mind the trailer. See the part where Arnie it's is nosediving out of a plane and they like a helicopter or something like that, and he looks about fucking ninety. It just looked. It, it's, it's not like Arnie uh, hashtag the smartest man on earth is going to write the best script or come up with a song better so it's like he gets handed these fucking things and you're just kind of going it's just 
Absolutely. Second him to me. It seconds yeah. me to the fucking back teeth. And you know what, what's right strange there. as well? And, and obviously the I'll... fact that it's going to be definitely balls, Mickey. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> give us uh, your review of Timmer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going on like I said it's the best <laughs> film ever. I said it was shite like Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm taking a piss. <laughs> Sorry, but sorry. after you slag it off, Arnie, he's the best thing in the fucking film. Really? He's right. he's he's right back just in his zone as being the Terminator, like, and he's 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 the best thing about the film. Like, <laughs> in all fairness, you don't really have a, a lot of range when you're playing a Terminator, like, a red contact lens or something. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a lot of jacket, it's not quite a lot of like. Hey, Arnie, I'm gonna fucking throw a jacket on you. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> he back. <laughs> he right back in 1996. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry. Mikey, finally, Mikey's review of uh, Michael's review of Terminator Genesis. Well, com- coming out of the film, as just generally as the film as a whole, I was just kind of, ah, uh, that was alright. But if you actually scratch the surface of the plot in any way, it completely falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, you start thinking, like, oh, why did he do that? And why did they go there? And that, it just, it doesn't make sense. And there's just so many questions at the end of it left unanswered. And you kind of get the impression that the people making it don't actually even know. And they're just yeah. hoping that they'll think of something in the sequels. Like. Uh, see, I do have one question for you. Uh, what is the Game of Thrones darling that is Amelia Clark like? Because there a debate rages on, even after five series of Game of Thrones, that is Amelia Clark a bad actress? What's she like? Let's She's terrible. Uh, she bless she eye. No, because the, the thing about her is like she... She sucks! No, she, no, no, no. <laughs> I haven't even, even seen Game of Thrones either, so I'm taking it. But she, she looks, just even the way she looks, she looks kind of too baby-faced and too kind of nice or something. Yeah. But uh, the, th- the thing with Sarah Connor is in like Terminator 2 and even in the, in the TV show played by Lena Headley from Game yeah. of Thrones, uh, sure enough, yeah, uh, she has this strength about her and she has this kind of will that she she knows what's going to happen and she's going to fight it and stuff yes. like that. And... She just doesn't have that in the, in the film. She she's more like a kind of bratty kid. Yeah. See, but it it see kind of makes sense in the context of the film though because she's been raised since she was nine. They know about the 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 war rather than when what well, they just yeah. But I mean, like one, certainly. Like, but I mean, certainly that would who she meant to be in Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. But certainly oh, that would make her even <laughs> if she's been raised since nine. They know about the war and shit like that. She'd be even gruffer and even more bad already. And like no, but Alexa, she's, like, it's like she's it's it because she she's in this one the same age she was in Terminator One. So she's yeah, still okay. is she is she a teenager in Terminator One? I can't imagine. Okay, but, <laughs> but so it's it's like like let's say she's a teenager. Sorry, but uh, I'm sorry, like yeah, it's just like man, sorry. But. Uh, so she's kind of trying to rebel against this life that's just been forced upon her kind of thing. So it does kind of make sense, but you, you still want that kind of strength behind the Sarah Connor character that you just you don't you get. You kind of want a performance. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's, like uh, with Linda Hamilton and, like, Lena Headey and stuff like that, too, they just they look gruff and they look like yeah. a bit of fucking scorny, you know what I mean? Whereas Amelia Clark, she just looks like the girl next door. Linda she Hamill, doesn't. Mary Tilly, Linda Hamill, bit of fucking minority. Even though we discussed a couple weeks back in the uh, truly dangerous scenes, they fucked her twin on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For insurance reasons. Like, what was it, Paul? Linda Hamill was a twin, and like I think it was Terminator oh, 2. Okay, was that Dumb Facts? Dumb Facts. I've forgotten, I've forgotten spin off of this uh, podcast <laughs> because uh, Don, is, Don is currently uh, prepping a film, hence why he hasn't been here in quite some time. But uh, yeah, Jay Courtney's terrible. Yeah, Dom's actually, Dom's actually, you know, uh, 
He's actually a Tom Cruise's stunt double in the next Mission Impossible <laughs> 5. They're just, uh, they're finally walking on a couple of scenes out there in, uh, you know, uh, Sidonia. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they dropped on him, a long wig, you know. <laughs> so, uh, just a, just in case there. anybody's <laughs> wondering, like we were keeping it under wraps, we were keeping it under wraps, but I think we're well, It's out in two weeks. We can say we like I said so many times before. Like, you've heard it here first. It happens. Just it was by sheer coincidence. Is the only reason they actually went them is that uh, Don's second name is actually Cruz. <laughs> so it's like Don Cruz. <laughs> they were like, you know what? You know, people blink. They won't even know it's a stunt. So like, it was like Tom Cruise is always on stunts. And it's just all stunts, stunts, stunts. Tom Cruise, Don Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> just look about closer to them credits, folks. <laughs> yeah, Jay Courtney's shit. And, uh, <laughs> Jay, Jay, is that fucking ball bag in it, eh? Jay Courtney, uh, he's me. Kyle Reese. He must have the worst fucking agent in the world, eh? But, uh, yeah, Jason, Jason Clark's really annoying on as well. No, but here, Jay Courtney, right? Seriously, like, you know, it just seems to be coming at the worst time in Hollywood to get these parts. I you know, see, I, I John McLean's son, mm-hmm. you know, fucking Kerry Reese, you know, and it's just... Well, he's in Suicide Squad, that could do well. Yeah, but I mean, like, he's probably just a big team, so he'll probably fade in the background. I mean, like, it I, seems I, like he's taking all these massive iconic roles. He's, he's, he's a heavy and fucking Jack Reacher, and then he, what else is he on? He's I don't think he's got. I don't think he's got it. They pull it off. Considering the iconic fucking sort of roles that he's taking on, I don't I, think it's for him. I get the kind of vibe from like a Sam Sam Worthington kind of vibe that mm. he, he they're trying to push. Sam Worthington is actually. I was I was really disappointed that fucking uh, Salvation didn't go further because. Salvation to me was largely quite boring, right? But actually, the only thing that really interested me in that whole film was Sam Worthington's character. Mm. And I actually quite really like Sam Worthington. And to me, he has a kind of a Lynn Schreiber kind of quality to him. He just, yep. you know, it's sort of... A world-weary man. It does. I mean, and I'll go back to that fucking line that fucking De Niro said and, and Moonen. And, you know, it's like his own Sean Bean's just all, what gun do you like? And can hand his sister is all that's just a toy you know, you grab a toy you put in a box. Oh. <laughs> and it's just all you just do a tool for the job. And it's actually it's a really small thing. But I've actually sort of thought about that. When I watch the Bourne films, Bourne uses, you know, uh cars as tools, he uses guns as mm-hmm. tools, he uses, he uses magazines as fucking tools, you know that kind of thing. Hey, puts on a toaster. Exactly. So <laughs> the thing I'm talking about is uh you know, there's that not performing kind of element that I don't think that uh, Jake Courtney has. Whereas I think Liv Schreiber and uh, Sam Worthington have. They just have this thing of just, right, I'm just existing on this fucking scene. All of the same way uh, Jay Courtney and Sam Worthington was that uh, with Sam Worthington, they, they were kind of keep putting them into these kind of action uh, movies and they just weren't really working. And they were trying to say like, here he is. Here is your action star, your new action star, and nobody yeah. was really kind of buying it's like, it. Pass and, off. and it's and it's the same thing with Jai Courtney. Like they keep trying to push him into these big action things, and it's just not working for him. Aye. I mean, I mean, fuck! I'm watching Jack Reacher, right? And it was just, you know, he's, he's seen this whole scene, and you know, is he the is he the villain or just a? You no, know, he's a heavy. A he, he's very rehearsal. He's heavy on it, oh, okay. and he just sits there with his, you know, 
with his hands crossed like he's making his fucking first communion. We have <laughs> 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 fucking bad face on him, and you're going, "All right, is that how fucking baddies are? You know, is that how we fucking do baddies?" That like, is a stock henchman pose. <laughs> nah, as well. yeah, yeah. Hands crossed, leather jacket, nah. the big massive fuck off, Nick. First, com- eight first foot. communion pose, drop in my bros, and then uh, we'll see what happens. Like and you're like, come on, they fuck with you, like <laughs> loosen up. But if you're a hard man, you're a hard man. Nah. But, uh, the, the, I think what, right, the only thing that actually makes Jay Courtney villainous in the film is that he, he punches this young girl who was, he was yeah, she was kind of like a like a witness to Jack Reacher or something. But apart from that, uh, you know, because that, that was on the script. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't something he did. And mm-hmm. it was in the script and the edit and the way he shot it. He, he, he is not villainous or something. I don't know. It's just... Nah. So, I, I hate to say it. He's a really good looking dude. And do you, you think you it's, it's more? I was literally talking words in my mouth. I was going to say, do you think it's a sort of like pretty boy thing where you can't? He is. I mean, he's a good looking dude. Like, you there's know, no so gruffness about him. I wouldn't really say it though. Yeah, I think he's a good looking man. No, I'm a better pretty boy. <laughs> Me and Aaron, no bad fans. Better, better, pretty boy. Better know. Oh yeah. The other film I watched this week was a Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Did I suggest that to you last week? No. Oh no! I didn't mention no, no, last week. But uh, yeah, it's it's an amazing cast in it. Like Unbelievable. Paul, Paul Rudd, Elizabeth Banks. Uh, who else is on this fucking? It's a huge cult film. I'm not going to try and override Mickey's uh, thing, but it's like uh, I'll, I'll just give it a cast. <laughs> it's uh, well, Elizabeth Banks, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Amy Poehler. Who else? Fucking uh, uh, no. There's 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 more. Janine Garofalo. Garofalo. Yeah, that's it. Uh, David Hyde Pierce. who is Niles and Fraser. Love him. Yeah, he's so good. But yeah, no, yeah, it's 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 a really it's a really good cast and all, and it, everybody has a funny moment in it, and they're all kind of great characters, I think. But I did overall, I didn't actually enjoy the film all that much because I just I think it got too much of the same kind of thing. Yeah, like Paul Paul Rudd's character for the, the first time you see it is hilarious. He just doesn't give a fuck, yeah. and he throws his his breakfast on the on the floors on, mm. and then somebody makes him clean it up. So he's like, oh, and it's like it's like Kevin from Harry yeah. Harry and Villers on, and it's it's funny when you first see it, but it, it's just it's the same thing over and over. Not again. even that there, but I, I thought a special Paul Rudd's character like it then becomes great. I like it's like Paul I Rudd fucking really despise that man. Like I don't want to fucking. I, I find Paul Rudd really hard to watch. Really, yeah. oh, I, I really, really like Paul Rudd. Rudd. You know, what I mean, me and like me and my are both Paul Rudd fans. Like, looking forward to that, man. But uh, yeah, Wet Hot American Summer. The, the thing, it's set in like the seventies or something. Nineteen eighty-one. Password. And uh, you know the password. Oh, don't say it on live. Oh, well, because they're going to be hacked onto your fucking tablet from here. Our our hundred listeners are going to be able to fuck you up. I have the, I have the same password Michael for everything. Michael is currently changing his password. <laughs> they're going to find your CD secrets on there. What you've been searching for? Um, but yeah, like he's burning that fucking tablet tonight. <laughs> it's going straight in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty, dirty, dirty bastard. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, continue. But yeah, Wet Hot American Summer. Ah uh, yeah, it's set in the eighties, and the the thing that that I got from it, and even when it was, I was rewatching that seventies show like a while back as well. You, because it's set in the seventies and the eighties. Uh, when you see like somebody kind of crop up that you kind of know, you think, "Fuck, they looked well in the eighties." Yeah, like, you kind of yeah, forget yeah. that no, this was shot like ten years ago. <laughs> I think it's a kind of strange thing too watching Wet Hot American Summer like 
like in, in 2015 or even modern day because you see so many really famous actors pop up who weren't famous at the time especially I, Bradley Cooper yeah, especially Bradley he looks fucking ridiculously young like but I can't it really brings you into the funk like oh fuck that and it's almost yeah. like it's, it's almost like fucking like spot the celebrity then almost and it kind of but at the same time so you wear had American Summer I think it is funny but then at the same time there's no real plot which is fair enough uh, because you can do slice of life they try and do slice of life but it doesn't really work because I think that they try and, as the story goes on, get a wee bit too mad and too over the top. Yeah, because the TV show's coming out now on Netflix, I think it would it, it will work a lot better as a TV show because you have the the breaks in between the episodes. Although, it, I think it would work better as a traditional TV show that you would get it once too. every week rather than on Netflix that you could binge watch it and then you'd get sick of the characters again yeah see the thing you is, is I mean? that a lot of the original cast who are now superstars are going to be in it but they're playing the same characters first of all that's Jaron because they're supposed to be playing 17, 18 roles second of all it's Jaron because now they're massive actors and I think yeah. that it's going to be a hard sell for Netflix because a lot of people especially who haven't seen the film and are just watching it for this kind of no. celebrity plug they'll be like what the fuck is this about like you know what I mean I, I don't know how it's going to go especially when we're American Summer it's a kind of limited form. It's 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 alright. It's pretty funny. It's a big cult hit. I really, unless they've got some fucking fantastic writers, I don't know how they're going to draw that out for, like, I don't know, what is it, an eight or nine episode series or something like it's, that? Well, Netflix is normally 13 episodes. Well, that's even fucking tougher then, you know what I mean? Okay, and we'll move on to news. Yeah. Okay, so first news is Michael K. Williams has joined Assassin's Creed movie. And also has joined the new Ghostbusters movie along with Andy Garcia. Oh my coming! Oh my coming! Oh my coming! Ah yes. Yeah. Do you know what's awful about fucking Michael K. Williams is that he is fucking such a good actor. Obviously, from the wire is Omar Little, which he's. I don't care what the fuck he says. He's always going to be known as Omar from the wire. He's Again, in Boardwalk as well. That's exactly what I was about to say. He's also Chucky White <laughs> in Boardwalk. I watch. I loved Boardwalk Empire. I watched him for five series in Boardwalk Empire, and even after watching and, and loving Boardwalk Empire, he's still going to be you know Omar Little. He's yeah, always he's, Omar. He's always going to be Omar. He's a cracking actor. He hasn't taken that scar off his face. He's a cracking actor. Even the road. And the road as well. well, It's a a very small role. But the thing that I I fear about Michael K. Williams is that uh, because he's got this kind of dangerous, hard man sort of persona, because obviously he's got the scarred face, I think that Hollywood has went kind of out of the way to typecast him. Even though the role that made his his name as as a gay... Uh, fucking, you know, uh, drug dealing vigilante, uh, sorry, no, drug dealing, uh, drug dealing killing vigilante. Obviously, he's got a lot of depth. He's got a lot of stuff to him. But it seems like Hollywood just kind of wants to cast him as your stereotypical kind of standard hard man. When I think he's got a lot more to give. He's a fucking tremendous actor. Like, he I really mean, is. I, it's. I hope they fuck because it's actually it's way against what he would normally do. Even mm-hmm. the road and all these different things, it's way against what he would normally do. It's yeah. like a pop, you know, it's a pop remake sort of thing and just like I really hope he's not just some sort of henchman or something or, you know, exactly really because he always he is, plays you know. some form of I wouldn't even say thug but he always plays some form of yeah. you know kind of somebody who can have to rely on violence I would love to see Omar Little or sorry Omar Little fucking ass Omar Little I would love to I would love to see Michael Kim. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> There's me, Shadow, I'm being typecasted I'm calling him <laughs> I'm calling him his fucking character's name I would love to see uh, Michael K. Williams like do like a, a, a really you know deeper kind of a, a massive drama that he, he really has to kind of show a lot of depth or something yeah. like that. Well, I tell you, we quick quick one. I was I was watching the road in uh, Belfast in a cinema, Dublin Road Cinema, and I was just sitting there in a theater, and there was about maybe ten people, and then uh, Michael K. Williams comes on the screen, 
some of you back goes, I'll mark him on you. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody in the middle goes, I'll mark him on you. And then somebody down the front goes, I'll mark him on you. That's when I fuck three people. That's fucking hanging myself out. You don't want to enjoy none. He's by Sterling. No, but it's like with, with him being in Ghostbusters, I think. Like he's not really going to play. There's there's no real villain in Ghostbusters no, apart from of the ghost. And, and so like he he could play. He could show off his kind of comedy chops. That, that's one thing that I wanted to go into too because he was. That's one thing I wanted to go into. He was in a couple of episodes of Community, and I think he was wasted because the episodes of uh, Community that he was in, uh, don't really show as kind of comedic talent because yeah. a lot of a lot of it's widely said we keep going back to his TV performances, but he is mostly known for TV. I mean, any any film appearance he's had is has been essentially a very minor butt role, but even as Omar Little on the wire, Omar showed like, you know, a, a lot of kind of uh, comedy chops and a bit of charisma, and he was, you know, he was about, li- I wouldn't say lighthearted, but, you know, he was joking in a way and stuff like that too. Yeah. He wasn't always serious. He yeah. definitely has that on him, so it'll be interesting to see. And in community, he's yeah. kind of seen but it's just the scripts weren't really up the, an actor, yeah, yeah, exactly. They weren't up the, 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 the wire is one of them parts where he's that good at it. He, he actually, he was acting too well yeah exactly <laughs> people yeah. think uh, that's what he is that's what and he's not he, he actually did the part that well people think that's what he is I, but you see it might be a thing with the wire because they actually did get people kind of from baltimore and all that yeah. had mm. been involved in the drug but, but that they was, might that have was thought, perfect direction i know like, but i know but just, they might have thought he, he like, was kind of part of that didn't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which wasn't the case because at the time he was a struggling actor that's a story about bubbles remember that story about bubbles in the wire bubbles fucking they were filming a scene with bubbles bubbles fucking dinners up a streetcar flag or whatever and then uh, <laughs> just bubbles in character, and then this this junkie comes up to him and says, uh, "Do you want to take us, man? You need it more than I do." Jesus, oh, hey, did you ever hear out there? Yeah. That's fucking mental. There's nothing to be out there. You'll take me. You need more than I do. That is a perfect example. Did he take it? I'll say no. Maybe. Hey, can I help him get on the character? But I thought it was yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the next news. I have two Star Wars stories here, so bear with me. I'll try and keep it quick because I know you don't really care about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, fuck. But no, uh, Darth Vader is going to be in Rogue One. Yay! Yes, yay. <laughs> I don't know. I just said yay to keep you happy. <laughs> Who's playing Darth? Brandon Brando? <laughs> but yeah, Darth Vader is going to be in Rogue One. And Rogue One is the a part of the Star Wars anthology films. It's going to be released after Episode Seven. And set before the events of the original Star Wars, Episode Four, and it's the stealing of the Death Star plans. So obviously, to me anyway, it's it's already a really interesting story of just how this uh, band of rebels get together and steal the Death Star plans. Yeah. And I, I think they're going to get in a few bounty hunters in there as well. So Ooh. Boba Fett might make a wee appearance. But uh, yeah, but if you can if you can bring Darth Vader into your movie, bring Darth Vader into your movie. Of course, I think he's, he's the <laughs> fucking main selling. But you know, I was very surprised at, and I mean, not even to, to, to kind of jump this. Uh, Empire Magazine, which is obviously a magazine that we've all read, they recently done a poll uh, for the like the hundred greatest movie characters of all time. They asked their their fans to write down oh, and yeah. vote and stuff like that. Did Andy not win that? Yeah. And the Alan Jones won it. I had Darth Vader nailed down <laughs> as the winner. Like I, I thought that he would hundred percent. Where did he go? Oh, Empire uh, Magazine, like I was saying, obviously they done the poll for the hundred uh. best characters of all time. And Jones was number one. James Bond was number two. Uh, I 
you don't remember number three, I think Vader was like sixth or seventh. The what? dude, the dude was tenth. That's really good. Like the dude was tenth. Was it was a Pee Wee Herman was three? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was the opposite. I, mean, I know, I know that Empire gets fucking like kind of criticized for the popular votes and shit like that, but. Yeah, and they, I thought, what the fuck? They're bitter shits on them. They like, you know what I mean? But whatever, continue. Well, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's all I kind of had to say about that air one. It's like, if you can get Darth Vader in second man, because obviously you can't have him in the new episodes. Yeah. Because, spoilers, he has sadly passed. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next piece of news, and I think you'll actually be interested in this, Sean Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Lucasfilm have announced a Han Solo movie to be directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and it's going to be written by the guy who wrote Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and The Force Awakens, Lawrence Kasdan, and his son, John Kasdan. See, I think that's fucking pretty good, because, it's I mean, sweet. yeah, 2120 Jump Street, you had the Lego movie, and then they jump from the Lego movie to fucking Star Wars. Uh, well, th- well, Interesting. Te- <laughs> technically, they've already directed Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. But, like, like you know yourself, I mean, I, I'm anti-franchise man, and not even anti-franchise man. I've just, I've, like, some of the, the major franchises ever in film. I've just, I'm the Anna Jones and Star Wars. I like them, but I've never got like fucking super on them like you everybody else. You just hate happiness. No, I don't. Hey, lost the about time thing later on. I love happiness and cinema. Fuck you, man. But like, like Star Wars and the Jones and all these, you know, like Harry Potter. Like, I, I like the films, but I've just never really got into the franchises now, especially on the Anna Jones. I've never got the appeal of Harrison Ford. Like Harrison Ford has played two of the most. Shut I, no, up, I swear to fuck. I swear to fuck. Get they fuck. I shut that front door as they say. But like Harrison shut Ford. The fuck off. Harrison Ford. <laughs> eh. <laughs> Harrison Ford has played like two of the most iconic characters ever. He's played Han Solo. He's played Indiana Jones. And like, they're good characters and stuff. Like that. I know it's, it's it's definitely a personal thing. Jesus Christ, am I? Like millions upon millions of people are in this earth love those characters. So I mean, it's obviously me that's the problem. But, I mean, I've just as long as you know that. I do, I do know that. I do know that it's my problem. I, I, I'm not one of these fuckers who's all we like Harrison, but we like Indiana Jones, we like fucking Han Solo. I know that it's me, but I've just never got the appeal of Harrison Ford, even as an actor. I don't see him that uh, he is charismatic. He's a good actor, but I don't see him as being like of having the appeal of, of like a Newman or a, a fucking even like you said a Brando or. You know, any of the great actors. I've always seen Harrison Ford, and I might get butchered for this in comments, but I've always seen Harrison Ford as being just very dull. I'm going to take it right on back to uh, Sam Worthington and uh, who else we talk about? Sam Liam Schreiber. Liam Schreiber. It's the same brand of actor. I know it's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a non-performing actor. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's not. It's not like we're going. We're not going to mad. But Harrison Ford's not performing. Pacino, De Niro territory and that kind of like stuff. But no, but there's nearly falls asleep. But there's. Do you know what? I mean, right, right. Watch Witness. Have you seen Witness? No, see, that's um, Paul this way. See what I say. Watch Witness and watch The Fugitive. That's, that's fucking unreal. He no, didn't kill his wife. Really gonna... Two seconds. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I'm going to say he is... He really like, doesn't say it like that. I don't care. Is that... See for Harrison Ford, like... When I'm saying that he comes off as dull and stuff like that, do not misquote me in saying that I think he's a bad actor. I th- Of course, he's an excellent actor and stuff like that. Mm. I'm just saying that in his roles where he's seen as being unbelievably charismatic like Han Solo and Indiana Jones... I've just never got that. As an actor who has to play straight drama, like in The Fugitive and like in Witness, which are two films that I fucking love, yes, I fucking love them in those. Hey. But, like, 
I've just never got this whole Kim no, but Kardashian no, here, thing. Seriously, I don't see that. This, honestly, this is the secret to him playing Indiana Jones as good as he does. That he is not showy about it at all. That's what makes him so good as Indiana Jones. No, see, I mean, a no, lot of people. Uh, have, uh, uh, me, a lot of, I, a lot of people. Semi Soul too. Honestly, seriously, dude. It's like I, I, I seriously believe that there. As in, it's, it's like you know, don't tell, show, and it's just honestly, it's just this thing I've done as a fucking million times. You know, and the boy said, I, I know the reasons why he shot the boy with a gun was because he was having the shits. I, I, I was the, <laughs> that was the main reason why he shot the boy with a piece in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. The boy like, had five swords. There was another scene fucking that made it happen. Yeah, they were fighting. Yeah. But Harrison Ford, the shits because he drank some bad water. And so he just shot, it, sh- he just shot him with a gun. <laughs> you know, that, that was the only reason that that shot happened. That's a really good shot. <laughs> it's a fucking amazing. And actually, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's no, funny. No, it's Basically, uh, Harrison Ford are on location for them, then they uh, film, and like he got like fucking dysentery or something. I don't know, whatever. Shit, and all, but and it was just, you know, <laughs> whatever. And it was just one of these things. But you know, I like Harrison Ford as in you know, just a space in the Indiana Jones thing is sort of, it's a serious everyman thing with him. That's, that's what's really good about him is that you know. You know, he grabs on the cars and the way he fucking, you know, when he's holding all this stuff, he's not quite getting there and all. Sometimes he overplays it as, as I'm like, I'm slipping my hand and you can watch it yeah. at certain scenes in Blade Runner when he's about to eat and his hand slips and you can tell it's the actor slapping the hand, but it doesn't matter. But Harrison Ford just has a really tremendous fucking everyman thing about him and, and he does his own stunts and he does, you know, actually, I, I really think he, he's good just for seriously that quality that he doesn't act he doesn't perform that's why i think Harrison see Ford's i can really totally good. understand that like i said before with a lot of you know actors who are natural like the likes of Neiman and stuff like that i totally get that and do not you know get me wrong i think that Harrison Ford, like i've said already is an excellent actor i love blade runner the fugitive what there's so many more of his mm. films but i'm just saying that for his charismatic or what are seen as his charismatic roles mm. in indiana jones and Han Solo, people say, "Oh, he's so cool," and he, you know, he's this and he's that. And for me, when when I see like Han Solo and Indiana Jones, he just comes off as a fucking dick, and it, th- there's nothing likable about him whatsoever. I don't see Indiana Jones as likable, you know, and I know for a fact that I know, 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 know he got Han. How he was right. Firstly, he got a wee bit part for George Lucas, right, mm-hmm. in the American Graffiti and all. Aye, did massive balls, but like Carson Ford's trade as a carpenter. That's, that's how straight like and so he was hanging doors in a, fa- in a fox lot that, that's, a, that's a crack he was he was hanging doors in a fo- at the fox lot they were testing out actors for you know all these different parts and then because he knew George Lucas he says right uh, he's all hey Harrison uh, go and fucking jump on that sign stage and fucking just read these lines whatever you know you're, you're about a crack about film whatever went down and it, he probably read all these hand solo lines and apparently had the whole crew and everybody hanging themselves laughing See, this uh, was weird. As I've heard that Harrison Ford in his own like kind of personal life is actually really funny. Uh, I know when other music comes across. He actually, like he actually doesn't like the Han Solo part. Really, he doesn't like it. I know. He he actually wanted uh, Han Solo to die in Return of the Jedi. Like mm. He, mm. he actually said to George Lucas, "Please kill Han Solo." <laughs> <laughs> Why though? Uh, he he just does. He doesn't like the character. Like I mm. think he was just done playing him. Like, and uh, so that's why it's it's kind of like a big deal that he came back for the Force Awakens. Yeah. And there was actually, there was rumors. I don't know if they were ever kind of confirmed or just bullshit that they only came back if they guaranteed they were going to do another indie movie. Yeah, because he loves playing Indiana Jones. Like, Does he? 
Ah, ele ouve andei. O Witcher não apenas com o Xbox, certainly he couldn't win the game because the man is a kind of early seventies. Right. Yeah. You could, you could, no, but you couldn't catch that swashbuckling sort of fucking you vagabond bitting about these fucking caves and seeing stuff out there. Hey, well, you see that this is what I was going to say. Why those those kind of rumors or whatever are probably bullshit because. Definitely, when they break, like they're on about that they're working on a new they, 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 they movie. Lo- they bought Lucas, so they. Bought, I know they, they bought Andy too. I suppose. Hey, they, Disney that. owns the rights to Andy as well, and they. Uh, what do you call her? The head of Lucasfilm. She she came out a few weeks ago and said we are working on a a new Andy film, but it's like yeah. really really pre production. Like yeah. they they don't have a script or anything. Were you yeah. not saying a few weeks back that they're thinking about actually? Is it uh, Chris Pratt or something? Get they're thinking about recreating Andy, which I, I think is a is the best movie because see, there's rumors. Harrison Ford's old. I know you probably think I'm not the Andy Harrison Ford, but I think he's too old. No, but I, no, I, he, he is too old. They do have to kind of reboot Andy. I bought. It, sorry, go on. This is the interesting thing, though, that if they're going to reboot Andy, they're working on a new Andy film. Mm. They've they've came out and said they're having a Harrison, a Harrison Ford film, a Han Solo film, mm. and uh, so that that's that'll probably be a young Han Solo as well. Right. So right. you have a young Indiana Jones, young yeah. Han Solo. Mm. Could it be played by the same actor? It's Chris Pratt, anyone? No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, he could fuck both roles, no sweat. Like. I, I see, I, but... Imagine, if, if imagine he's played it. every Harrison Ford part. I know, it's like if he just recreated <laughs> his whole I there's a, a prequel to Fugitive coming out. I know, no, no, they, <laughs> they, are, they are working on a remake of The Fugitive. Oh, fuck like, off. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you serious? Yeah. <laughs> They're working on a remake of the Fugitive as well. Yeah, I want to be Chris Pratt out there. Tap off fuck I didn't kill my wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us his hair. Is there any chance of Air Force 2? <laughs> <laughs> you saw Air Force 1. <laughs> Air Force 3. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, what was I going to say? I know, but, uh, Chris, Chris Pratt being Han Solo. I think it would be too similar to the whole Star Lord character because yeah, essentially it is a Han Solo-esque character. I mean, I think, yeah, you're definitely... No, but Chris Pratt's a sm- fucking smart dude. I, I imagine he, if he, he ever did exactly. it, like, it wouldn't happen. Do you know what, do you know what though? It, it's just, it was something like, uh, Jack Lemmon used to say about, you know, when he was getting a bit older, he always just said, it's really hard to find good parts when you get older. Yep. And I think one of his last good parts was uh, Jerry Levine and uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Yes. And so, you know... In terms of rebooting Andy, I really, really want to see Harrison Ford doing old Indiana Jones. I really want to see it. Like, but certainly that flies in the face of the. I mean, even I want to see. I want. I kind of want to see him fail a bit. But too. certainly that flies want, in the face of the character. I mean, there's actually, there's actually, hold on. There's actually a thing with Last Crusade about his father getting caught up and the whole thing is just, oh, you were obsessed. There was an obsession with you. It was obsession. You know, he's all, and I knew it, and Mom knew it, and this kind of thing. And he definitely should become his father. And he should become this guy that's obsessed with something and turn into his father a wee bit. You see, and that should be the last answer to me. That's why I was going to say, if the, if they played it that he he becomes the Sean Connery role and then there's this young person mm. that basically becomes... Jesus, Dad! Anyway, which, <laughs> which is what they, they kind of tried to do with Shia LaBeouf in the fourth one. Like, he, uh, like they, were, they were setting it up for him to kind of uh, take over, but obviously that didn't work. Hopefully, hopefully they start it, uh, you know... Hopefully at the start of the next one, Harrison Ford has the shits again and he just shits Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not Shia LaBeouf, but the character. <laughs> He's all fuck. Sorry... Sorry, uh, son, I had a shit. How'd he fucking take you out? 
Sorry, some of the shits out they fucking execute you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... uh, sorry, Sonia, get me on the face. Okay, and we'll move on here. Ben Affleck is going to direct a Batman solo film and also co-write it with uh, Jeff Johns, who has done several big kind of Batman comic book storylines. Is um, uh, Affleck playing Bats again? Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> the one he's directing? Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah. See, what I've always loved about Ben Affleck is that he was a fucking huge star in the early 2000s and he had fans like some of all fears, which was, you know, fucking got so much flack. I said it a minute too. Yeah, no, but I mean, I Daredevil, which got a lot of flack. And it's not as the Jack Ryan one, the sum of all fears. Yeah, Jack uh, Ryan. Uh, Daredevil, which didn't get as much. You know, Daredevil, they... to me, I say, but controversial. But I think, in my opinion, Daredevil is better than the first Spider Man. See Ooh. you. There we are. There we are. For me, it's controversial. I don't think that, I don't think a Daredevil is as bad as what I would point uh, out. And then, obviously, he had Daredevil's good. It's not shit. Yeah. It's not. It's not good, but it's not shit. Either. It's okay, but it's got a fucking serious amount of flaws. And then obviously, I Jiggly. And what I didn't like about Jiggly, I mean, first of all, Jiggly. I'm not going to lie. Jiggly is a fucking absolutely horrendous, horrendous film. Okay. Didn't even bother me whole life. No, no I mean, like it's a horrendous. I just kind of watched it out of interest on how bad it was. But <laughs> what I don't like about his career at that point, it's it's almost like the paparazzi and stuff like that. Mm. It wasn't really about Ben Affleck's acting or Ben Affleck's choice of films yeah, why, what he was doing yeah, why he was being ostracized the reason yeah. that he was ostracized is because he was really popular and because he was didn't like maybe one of the biggest celebrities on earth at the time yeah of course and I always find uh, that very very fucking like <laughs> I find that fucking ridiculous that's bollocks so that's fucking bollocks what I love then is that Ben Affleck and like he said in his Oscar sentence which he's got the second night he's got the second chance which very few people get he then rebuilt himself uh, first of all, for a couple of acting jobs, uh, like, uh, what do you call it, Hollywoodland, where he plays like the young uh, George Reeves, that's fucking excellent. That's like, I really like that film. It's an excellent film, mm. but then, even more so, he rebuilt himself as a director of serious, serious repute. He had Gone Baby Gone, excellent film, The Town, one of my, I know it's not, you know, it's a very simple narrative, but it's one of my favourite films of the it's past really five years. Yeah, it's just a wee, it's a wee hidden gem. Like, definitely, yeah. I mean, definitely, Gone Baby Gone as as a whole a better film, but uh, I think just at the towns we had in gem for me. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's performances of characters. So like I'm not quite sure. Yeah. And then Argo, excellent, of course, one of my, you know, the best picture Oscar. And he had went from being the most crucified fucking man in Hollywood mm. to then rising again and won the best picture Oscar. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can't have you know any bigger a jump. But 
then they top all that off after such a big jump. He then takes on probably the most, maybe besides Darth Vader and, and like Han Solo and shit like that. Been but one of the most iconic roles in cinema now, Batman. And that man got dogs abuse and so much <laughs> flack. And I think that we talked about this in the first episode of the amount of flack that he got. It, w- it wouldn't have mattered who you were. Exactly. 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 Just, you know. But I think that because it was Ben Affleck, it was even more kind of, there was yeah. even more a furious reception because Ben Affleck still has that stigma yeah. about being the pretty boy from the early 2000s, the late 90s, blah, blah, blah. But what I loved is that when the original trailer was released for Batman vs. Superman, Ben Affleck's Batman or Bruce Wayne or whatever only shows up, I'd say, for collectively about five or six seconds of that trailer. And even for the one or two lines, even for the five or, or sorry, even for the one or two lines that he delivers, People were all, oh, you know what? I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. And even through that, now, I mean, obviously, this is maybe a wee bit presumptuous because we haven't seen the film. Maybe yeah. he might make a push Batman. He can make the greatest Batman that's ever been. Who knows? We're going to have to wait until next year to see that. But I just think that's a really excellent story. Yeah. I, I, just a general real life success story that mm. Ben Affleck has went from being. Yeah, dog shit like on that. everybody's shoe they being an Oscar winning fucking director yeah. and he's now Batman yeah. so he's just basically going fuck off there about like you know what I mean the thing about uh, Ben Affleck though uh, being Batman and uh, going to write and direct back Batman now is that he's a massive Batman fan like he's a insane Batman he's <laughs> a, a massive fucking dickhead <laughs> a, you were just going to crush my whole yeah. argument with Ben he Affleck honestly, very nice man he actually Kevin Smith bought a house off Ben Affleck. Yeah, right? that's what I was just about to say. And he's just like, you know, like, oh, no, Ben Affleck is a bit family, whatever. And uh, Kevin Smith was betting around a house, and uh, the house that he bought off Ben Affleck, and uh, he found a couple of fucking secret entrances. And so, no way. So, Ben Affleck is fucking Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I know he, he has, is Batman. <laughs> he has like a kind of secret bat cave where it's it's actually just like it's That's actually so just good, like a, like a tiny room or something. You know, but... you know my argument with Ben Affleck. Are we wanking like, cave just? I <laughs> my argument about Ben Affleck is he's been twisting all his fucking eggs. I thought you know what? What a success! Right, going from well, not going from nothing, but going from all this flack. I fucking right. An Oscar one director, and right. then I'm thinking. That man has his own bad cave, which is a thing that I've always wanted, so he can go fuck off. Fuck you in your Batman thing. It's, no, no. it's, it's not a proper bat cave, it's like no, a no. small room with a pole or something like that. Yeah, well, when when he was first cast as Batman, like I think everybody pretty much assumed that he would direct a mm-hmm. Batman solo film, because if you're going to have Ben Affleck as Batman, fucking get him to direct. He's, you know what I mean? he's obviously like, a very good actor. And yeah. it's... Like he's mad about Batman, but it like that kind of story of like a vigilante kind of it seems pretty much in his wheelhouse as well. Like, hey, fucking the town as well. Hey, exactly. Yeah. Hey. You know, he, he he can tell a good crime story now. Like. Mm. And uh, the thing that kind of threw me off though is that it says he's going to be writing it as well, and I was thinking like, has he written any of the films he's directed? But then you forget he's an Oscar one director yeah, <laughs> or not an Oscar one fucking screenwriter because yeah, for Good Will Hunting. For Good Will Hunting. What I'm wondering now is he going to make Batman from Boston? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? That's Jesus. what I was thinking. That's a, Fuck that's, that's a thought there, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's one of them ones where like, great go a bit segue on it. And do you know what? I'm going down to Gotham Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> going down Harbour. 
But uh, <laughs> you seen the Joker? <laughs> <laughs> you seen the Joker, you motherfucker, you? <laughs> See if the production was different and it was actually a better film. Do you know what? Take away all the Joe. I mean, I don't think it was Joe Schumacher's fault. I think it was all this kind of stuff. Take away every single thing that you think about Batman and Robin, and just think about George Clooney as Batman. I actually think George Clooney was perfectly cast as Batman yeah. as well. well. I just think the film was fucking dreadful. I've said this in the past that George Clooney is literally Bruce Wayne. He is literally Batman. <laughs> and they, look, they, they, they will never, and this is what is the most frustrating thing in the history of cinema is that George, so George Clooney cast, like. literally encapsulated everything that Batman was and they finally cast him and then unfortunately Joel Schumacher came along and you're saying it's not Joel Schumacher's fault. <laughs> and fair enough, okay, it's not all Joel Schumacher's fault. It is producers honestly, who want honestly, to make Batman right, Cardboogie, but it's fucking shit, Colin, I'm sorry. It, stop it. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, right, watch a documentary, but it's a really, really, really interesting documentary oh, about sorry, the making of Batman and Robin. Joe Schumacher is under fucking serious pressure. They make I the know. film in a, such a certain way, yeah. and uh, it was, it was. I can't remember who said it in an interview. It was a, ser- it was a really good documentary, but they talk about the phrase, toyetic. Mm. And it's one. What? Well, I'll say phrase. What's you know, uh, nice English student, you wouldn't know it. Uh, that's a word. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the word toyetic, as in right, we need to kind of make this film more toyetic. Yeah. Right. As in toy based. Yeah, basically a toy song. As, as in, in, I want to see fucking Bruce Wayne and Poison Navy and fucking a McDonald's box in two oh, weeks. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> Pretty much, that's what it was, right? And so th- th- this is what fucking is. I mean, I think there was a happy enough balance between Batman Returns and Forever. It was still there was a hap and Batman Forever isn't a bad film. It's not dreadful. It's not great, but it's not dreadful. But Batman and Robin, it was when it just seriously suffered by oh Jesus fucking Jesus twisting a flannel dry of fucking uh, Batman like you know what I mean so with, with your and feet. I think George Clooney suffered by it <laughs> and I think Joe Schumacher suffered by it and there's an interview where they both fucking apologise for it <laughs> well like, I mean like George Clooney has subsequently came out and said in, in recent years that I mean he's he's really fucking sorry for how his version of Batman turned out I think everybody involved with that film knows that it was a massive mistake I don't uh, think there's any sort but, of but even Joe Schumacher that's what I'm saying earlier I don't think it's Schumacher's fault at all I, I think it's like I mean he, he fucking tried his but I mean Schumacher yeah, was like, well, he, he, know, he, it, I mean, he likes his visor, he likes his neons, he likes his smoking out there, and all, and he makes it, you know, there's there's a wee bit of Tony Scott about Schumacher as well. But and saying that though, I, I do agree with you in the fact that there was some serious executive meddling going on there, so yeah, maybe it's yeah. not all his fault. But anyway. do, do you know what film George Clooney left to play Bruce Wayne slash Batman? This is mental. <laughs> Mickey's told me this before. This is about a dumb fax. Don't Mickey facts. <laughs> but Mickey's saying them. <laughs> what did he leave? Reveal it. Jack Frost. Yeah. And which is also an RPS bus. And he was replaced by Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. And our <laughs> Batman. The, the original it's Batman. Batman Arama on here, like you know what I mean? That's but, fucking But a thing a thing about the, the puppet that they made for the snowman is it was based on George Clooney's face. So if you look at the snowman and Jack Frost, it's George Clooney's face. That's fucking <laughs> That's fuck Do you know what the fucking crazy thing is about like saying about Jack Frost? There's actually another film about Jack Frost. I think it is also just called Jack Frost. What's it called? Jack oh, Cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's fucking like... I got you. 
It's not. It's not like a comedy. It's not like a comedy or a family drama or something like that. There. It's literally that Jack Frost is a fucking psychopath <laughs> and part in a pun, but he is cold bloodless fuck. You know what I mean? Is there not? And this. And this, this, <laughs> is this, this the like, tagline for the fuck? It's <laughs> 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 about twenty. It's about twenty words long. No harm. Fucking whatever. He's fucking cold bloodless fuck. I don't know about. Shan called twenty years in the future talking about it. It's very fuck. Work with few filmmakers before, right? I have to say that the worst tagline of all time, right? Quickly before we move on, is uh, never underestimate the unknown power of the only thing you can't handle. <laughs> I swear to fuck. What the what, fuck was that for? It was a VHS. I'll not tell you a name, but it was uh, it was actually. On not tell you a name because it was, it was, it was on a VHS, <laughs> and because it went that long, it was like on the top of VHS, and then went down the right side of it. <laughs> and then, and, and, and uh, the picture was in the center, so how do you go back left, right on the picture? <laughs> it caught across. Just did it like they could have just said uh, "go and die" or something, or uh, you know, <laughs> "go and die," you know, "go and die," aye, or like fucking uh, there's fog, or aye, no. there's fog, or, or, or <laughs> some songs sound like Mary love t- your media tell you there's fog, aye, love your <laughs> dream or something like that. No, but that 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 was already taken by the fog. <laughs> oh, I know. fucking got her off us. Anyway, the tagline for the the fog. I snapped on a Shan singer. Sorry, what were you saying? Sorry. Oh fucking! What the fuck was it on again? Jack Frost. The Jack Frost. Frost. Hey, Jack Frost. It's a bit of a mad one though, because I mean, and it, it kind of maybe goes across being like funny and shit like that there. But you know, Shan Elizabeth from uh, fucking uh, American Pie and shit like that. Yeah. There's and it is one of the most ridiculous scenes I've ever seen in my life. There's a scene where he like fucking rides Shannon Elizabeth in a bath. And, and <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean oh, like Is that the thing where like she's masturbating with a car at first? I saw the guy I can't I can't really remember, but I know he, he literally he literally he literally like fucking ruins Shannon Elizabeth <laughs> in a bath, right? But it is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen because it is this essentially it is a human You're snowman. And he is it's a human snowman in this You're race. Crazy. This fucking human snowman in this dingy fucking bath, riding basically a fucking model, and he's just grunting. He's like, uh, uh, uh. and she's just sitting, taking it like the the, the nothing is out of ordinary here. Like you know what I mean? To it's be, ridiculous. To be fair, like that's how I sound like when I'm betting a fucking salami and cheese sandwich in my face, like. <laughs> oh, Jesus, right. Or like a stew. Oh, Old enough, you're also sitting in a bath. <laughs> You'll never know. But to go back to my original point, two Batmen played Jack Frost at a point. <laughs> Curious enough, Michael. Guess who almost played Batman before Michael Keaton? Before Michael Keaton. Who who was who was the uh, who was the person you think Warner Brothers wanted? Also, was this kind of thing like war- like the producers wanted a person uh, and Tim they, Burton was all no they were, Keats? And no, no, honestly, Tim Burton wasn't even involved at that point. It all was right. said they had an actor in mind and they had a director in mind. And what do you, what, what do you, what do you reckon? Uh, at the time, right, like, right about the time of Keats. We well, see, even, uh, even even Keaton was a bit of left field at the time. Huh? He was, uh, he was. But, uh, uh, fuck, he, he, was, he was around at the time of Keats. Fucking Bill Murray. Bill Murray. That's <laughs> mm. oh, it. Oh, it probably wouldn't have been about the same as Keats, probably. No, a, a bit funnier. Uh, maybe a wee bit older, <laughs> but I uh, don't. No, Bill Murray. That, that was the original choice. One of us wanted for uh, Batman, and uh, Ivan Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters. 
Oh, is the, the director? I see him with his fucking director. That's that, 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 that's interesting. That it would that that would have went down more the yeah. road of like the Adam yeah. West kind of TV show kind of deal. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard to know. I see any Shani or Shams with Rap Pesh. Sorry, love. Right, but I was saying that Warner Bros. original choice for Batman was Bill Murray. Get the fuck out of here. Serious? <laughs> hey, Bill Murray. And, and the director. original director choice was Ivan Reitman. Oh, that would have been so good. Ghost Batman. Yeah. Yeah, Ghost <laughs> Batman. <laughs> it is here. Guess who the choice for Joker is? Oh, oh. please tell me it was Dan Agra. I was Dan Agra. <laughs> David Bowie. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I just oh, I forgot the monkeys yeah. around headphones. I'm really sorry, you can't say this, but I have a picture of David Bowie that somebody photoshopped as the Joker. <laughs> that That's actually really good. Yeah. That is well, fucking well, horrifying. Hey, we'll share this in the Facebook group. In all fairness, he looks, well, maybe not strange like Jared Leto, but the, the same sort of thing going on. He looks apart those, those jaunty right, We'll share this in the Facebook group. Here, I'll tell you a few hours, right? Because Batman was such a serious property, and I think at the time, because Superman happened and this kind of stuff, there's a big thing about Batman. Actually, no, hold on. Which Batman happened first, didn't it? Oh, and Superman then, happened. Oh, Superman, Superman was in the 70s, yeah, of course. Yeah. Superman was Christopher Reeves in the 70s. It's not the 70s. It's it's 80s. 80s. No, it's the 80s. Well, it's 70s, early 80s, I think. No, I, I don't know. I don't know why he was first. <laughs> Superman was first. Definitely first. Superman was Supes was for first films, for films Superman was first obviously I think yeah. that uh, Batman had the, the kind of heads up with the Adam West TV right, then, maybe maybe Batman was the first sort of dark superhero film and, right yeah definitely right well only enough <laughs> now you say that Adam West did have a, a film as Batman but it was definitely yeah, not dark sure. <laughs> there well, was what was it shark, shark repellent <laughs> we'll say nothing about that I mean my right. shark repellent but uh Shark repellents, bro. Jimmy Jinkers, Batman, here yeah. it is. <laughs> I'm going to stick that bicycle with no seat up your hole. <laughs> but uh, the, one, the, the one Batman that I'm always raging about that doesn't happen was the third Tim Burton Batman. Hmm. It was, uh, it was well, there was no title for it. I mean, it was the one that uh, Joe Schumacher ended up directing, but uh, Tim Burton apparently went on their meeting and he was like, right, I'm actually because he, he, you know, he, he, was, he was engrossed and he, he made a good film yeah. and all. And I think he made a good film, but it wasn't a big box office film. And the problem is, they couldn't have uh, Penguin fucking spitting black shit out of his mouth at McDonald's, so <laughs> as a toy. So, uh, <laughs> so this, this he could have just fucking squeezed some shit. Okay, so I, 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 I just fucking soy sauce. So. Hey, they, they put, but, put uh, your barbecue sauce in that air, fucking squirt in your soy sauce. It's big. <laughs> but uh, anyway, right? <laughs> Tim Burton went down. He had an idea of how he wanted to do Two Face and all, and he had this whole thing, right? And, and there's a really good interview. You can watch it. Tim Burton talking about trying to make Batman 3. It's a really good interview. Yeah. But he went down and what is, blah, blah. And he said, throughout the interview, he said that he realized that they really didn't want him to do it. Yeah. And he, and he said, I was chatting. He said, oh, why don't you go make another film like Edward Scissorhands? Or why don't you go? Oh, you fucking can't say that. Just make another film and we'll see what happens after a while. We'll see oh, what they, happens. Whenever. They were just trying to palm off with money for a film. Uh, and this, this is the thing that happened. And, and he was just, he was seriously candid about uh, it in this interview. Sorry, I've just made you two fucking uh, lethal films. which just done unbelievable at the box office. Well, they, they didn't though. The first one did, the second didn't. Did it? Did the second nah, one bomb? No, the second didn't. Fuck, I was not aware of it. The second one, uh, I think it didn't make as much as what they wanted it to. It, made, it still made a shitload of box office, right? But 
they couldn't sell. That's what I'm saying. They couldn't. They couldn't sell a happy meal. Yeah, they couldn't sell a happy meal. Like you know, I mean, even Burger King turned out. They couldn't like. sell them memes, baby. What Although, I thought was so crazy is that uh, Tom Burton down. went from obviously a sequel to Batman to Ed Wood. What a change of the right, <laughs> like you know what I mean? But because I think that the sequel, mm. uh, the uh, what was it Batman Returns? Batman Returns is what ninety three. Ninety three, yeah. ninety four, and for me personally, Edward is is Tom Burton's best yeah. film. It's his definitely most. Is, I would say his most personal film, but his most struck down film. But as any of that, the Batman. Sorry, go ahead. As you were saying that, yeah, he he couldn't sell the Happy Meals with Batman Returns. Mm. I currently have a. Lego penguin and a rubber duck in the opposite room. <laughs> <laughs> and oddly enough, uh, Happy does, does, Meals for Edward flying out. Like <laughs> does penguin spit bile out of his mouth? Uh, no, you have to buy that separate. Oh, you, you have to buy that bile separate? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how they fucking get you, mate. That's, that's, that's how they get you. Get you. <laughs> you have to buy the book I'm making. Here, here, what do you say? Batman 3, right? What do you call it? Uh, right. <laughs> a little known fact. And he was introduced in the very first Batman. He's not the second one. Billy D. Williams Billy was introduced D. as Harvey Dent in the very first Batman. Sweet was he? Jesus. Hey, he's in the first. He's in the first Batman as I Harvey Dent. About... He's on in the very first Batman. He speaks as a politician as Harvey Dent. Billy D. Williams is Harvey Dent. Oh man, that is so he would have been fucking David. Right. And so in the third one, he was bringing in Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. That is fucking crazy. That's mm. mental. Right? And then... <laughs> I'm no killer, was he? I'm like... I don't... That's two-fifths. Aye. Guess who... Guess who was the Riddler? Oh, please don't tell me it's like fucking Mark Hamill or something. Or, or Darth Vader or something. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Williams. Fuck. Oh, oh, that would be really good, though. Because it would have followed the zone because, as we know now, Robin Williams, R.I.P., Robin Williams could handle, obviously he was a comedy master, but he could handle drama as well, so I think he would have struck that balance very nicely. Like, we'll share this to you. There, there was a fan that made an actual poster of the potential of Batman 3. Oh shit. Let's and uh, I have it here on, on a wee iPad, but uh, what we'll share with you in the Definitely. Facebook. Yeah, it looks about ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it's like, a wee bit pesh, I mean, but at the same I think, time, I think but, the, the but, Robin, Robin, he could have done more, but just even the, they have the same uh, text as the Batman. They, they could have got, got a, they they got a younger picture of Billy Williams. They could have just had because I'm not going to lie. Robin Williams looks like pesh. But, like, I mean, like, I'm not going to lie, but like, uh, fucking, what do you call him? Bully, 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 bully D. Williams. Bully looks D. Like, and that Marco poster, Bully D. Williams, look like he's taking a shit. And then Robin no, Williams. No, what, what's this? It, it actually cuts off so you can see half of his face about to go to dark. I know, I see that. And it still uh, looks like he's taking a shit. Uh, he looks really pleased with himself. Rob Williams, he looks good. But uh, what's kind of strange is I know for a fact as well, I'm not quite... Jesus, it's escaping me now. But Rob Williams was a huge Batman fan and he mm. petitioned and petitioned and petitioned over like the course of 30 years to get a role as a Batman villain. There was one villain in particular. The name is escaping me now. I'm not quite sure if it was a Riddler or the Joker, mm. but apparently when they cast for Christopher Nolan's trilogy, right. he was ridiculously put out, especially because he worked with Christopher Nolan before on Insomnia. Uh, he was a kind of, you know, he, 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 he not, not that he wasn't happy, but he just, he thought that that might have been his time to do it. Yeah? Yeah. Right. Well, I might, I don't want to bore people, but uh, there's, there's, there's seriously unreal Batman stories, right? Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the one to end on because there's so many good ones, right? I'll tell you one more. 
was not that Mrs. Doubtfire was supposed to be the, the villain in the third nah, installment right. of Joel Schumacher's. But he is here. Uh, George Miller. You know the George Miller one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a, like everybody knows that. Army Hammer. Uh, George Miller, right. I'll, I'll name a cast here, right. After seeing Fury Road, that would have been so good. It would have been fucking class, it right. It could have so been another babe, though. We had yeah. Army <laughs> Hammer as Batman. G, uh, DJ Katrona as Superman. Adam Brody as a Flash. Adam Brody? He would have been really good as the Flash. Aye. I like Adam Brody. Yeah, I mean, Megan, Adam Brody's got good quick what things about Aye. deadpan, yeah. but at the That's same saying, time, like, the Flash is supposed to be... Oh, fair enough, he could have, you could have bolted up, but Adam, he's supposed Aye. to be like an absolute animal and stuff like that. Uh, he had Megan... No, actually, no, no, no what? the Flash isn't supposed to be... Like, look, look he's at supposed fucking... to be beefed up. Like, every superhero... Oh, my God, look up. at the Flash in the TV show. Uh, that's Pish. Jesus, lads. The Flash is... Not the man No, the Flash TV show is sweet. Michael, would you ever and Ezra up? Miller as well. He's a wee whip of a thing. They're all skinny. Right, so we had Megan Gale then as Wonder Woman. And we had Common as Green Lantern. That is excellent. You ain't Common Aye. good? Well, obviously Common, famous hip-hop r artist and stuff like that. There's moved on the act yeah. in the past 10 years. But he's got the physique. He's really got acting chops too. I mean, like he was in Selma. He's been in a lot of fucking films where he's... Fair enough, it's been small roles, but you know, he hasn't embarrassed himself. He's always came across, uh, you know, a, a very qualified actor. I think Hamas Green Lantern would have been very good. He would have been a fucking tear above Ryan Reynolds anyway. But no, well, I don't think Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds wasn't the problem. Yeah. I don't think Ryan Reynolds was the problem. Said, no, 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 but uh, the would, whole everything else about the Green Lantern film was awful. Mm. But anyway, would would, right. would, so would have Common been Hal Jordan Green Lantern or no, John Stewart? No, I wouldn't be John Stewart. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we had uh, Santiago Cabrera as Aquaman, and then we had uh, Teresa Palmer as Tali Al Ghul. I won't wear your uncle Teresa Palmer. And uh, we had. I doubt that she was cast in that. Was she fucking cast as fucking George Miller? She had that over her hat anyway. Yeah, we can as Iris Ellen. Uh, UK's Byrne as Martin Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Martin. Sounds like a fucking IRA boy, like. Martin Manhunter. That's so good. Jesus Christ, I'm not a comic book fuck, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get it right. That's the best thing I've heard all day. Yeah, Martin Manhunter. Martian Manhunter is essentially this extraterrestrial being who goes from galaxy to galaxy, whereas you have just pissed Whereas Martin Manhunter is certainly not a fucking extraterrestrial being. He's a boy with a fucking balaclava and a fucking piece. You have just a grill him, the boy who fucking wears teeth on his head and fuck. Right. Anyway, this whole film didn't fucking pan out. You know, after the whole thing, they were trying to do a whole big. That was actual first chance at a universe kind of thing, like with DC Universe. Uh, they, to be fair, Marvel have done it right, but this George Miller film, George Miller of of Mad Max Fury Road success, uh, what he called he it was him that was behind it, and uh, he was going to direct this big massive. Avengers type mm. thing of the, the DC universe, but after the fucking serious shitload of not success of Batman and Robin, that never happened. Yeah. However, right, I'll give you a, I'll give you a couple more fucking Batman ones. These mine, a little bit more because I fucking love it. I'll give you, I'll give you another one. Guess who was going to be Batman? Hey, 
Just, just give, you know, throw, throw Yager at me. Uh, Yager told at us what. No, no, a while in. <laughs> Come on, please, bud. Fuck God. What year, like? After they finished that Batman's, right? Which Batman's? Uh, <laughs> Which section of Batman's? No, the, Batman Robin? The first two, right? Oh, right. So the Tom Burton's ones? Well, I don't. I don't know exactly where he commanded, right? But it was. In all fairness, right. he would have been still like late fifties, early sixties, then. No, but right. At the same time, it's honestly, do you, do you know you know the Clint Eastwood part? It's the part that Ben Affleck's pretty much paints a Frank Miller uh, part. Uh, Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns, right? Can I tell him very quickly before you make your point? The only thing I would say about Ben Affleck after me, like obviously fucking giving him an absolute an absolute aye. fucking love on her own, is that. I do like the direction he's going with. I do think he's capable, but I still don't think he's old enough. Another right. thing I would say is that yeah. Batman, or sorry, Bruce Wayne, is supposed to be gruff. He's supposed to be kind of hardened in a certain way. I think still, even though he's put on a lot of muscle, that Ben Affleck is still a wee bit too pretty boyish for Batman. But anyway, uh, continue. I, th- I think he's old right. enough. The whole thing with Dark Knight Returns, right? I, I don't know if anybody's read the graphic novel. It's about it's Frank Miller, the guy that wrote uh, Sun City and stuff like this. And Frank Miller wrote Year One, which pretty much yep. Batman Begins was based on. A lot, a lot of Nolan's trilogy was based on. He wrote a, a graphic novel called Dark Knight Returns. Yep. And uh, this this was the thing that Clint Clint's uh, Batman was going to be based on, and he's going to be fifty five. There, thereabouts. <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, in that, in, in that, and, uh, in, in that, in that series of comic books, uh, Bruce Wayne is supposed to be on a fucking older man, like. Hey, it's grey hair. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know, Clint. I, I think because Clint is so iconic, and because Clint has so much attached to him, that if you were watching Clint as Batman, you wouldn't maybe see him as Batman. You would just see him as Clint. You know what I mean? Plus, in in that Frank Miller run, he is. Huge. Mm. As Whereas Clint was kind of. It, it is that though. Like I mean, I mean, Clint's is fucking as transcend themselves as an icon and all that there and all. It's, it's like you're not, you know, it's this thing where sometimes I say about certain actors, you're not, you're not seeing the performance, you're seeing an actor. But mm. at the same time, it's sort of, and we keep coming back to it. I think a perfect cast for Jesse James is Brad Pitt. Mm. You know, because actually, I think there's a lot of duality with Brad Pitt and Jesse James, and I think that can play sometimes very, yeah. very well in a film. Whereas I think Clint, as an old Batman, because the whole thing is right, a, uh, the streets were fucking clean for a while, and then the mutants, yeah. which which actually we have actually pretty much never seen in the Batman films, no. and they start fucking ravaging the streets of Gotham and all this shit. Harvey Dent is fucking laying up in a hospital with yeah. like plastic surgery and fucking. 1940s fucking taper on his head <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then Joker's up in Arkham and all this kind of he's fucking just chilling oh out having God, a wee sop of tea up in Arkham and uh whatever and then the mutants start it's essentially the fucking I don't know if you want to modernise it it's just you know like kids pretty much yep. you know baiting around fucking wrecking places and all this kind of stuff and uh Batman because he's so old he can't actually be Batman anymore so he needs a, a suit to power his legs and mm-hmm. power his arms and power whatever. It's referred to slightly in the Christopher Nolan, the last Christopher Nolan film, where he actually yeah, uses... Yeah, the, the suit mm. is basically like an aid to him because his body well, can't do it anymore. It's not actually yeah. a suit. It's actually, it's it's just for his leg. Because remember he fell off a hang, he busted his leg. It's not like a, a, like a sort of like, a suit has it like an unbelievable like charge. It's a, it's a leg, it, it, it's a, it's like a leg yeah. brace. It kind of, it operates him, gives him strength without, you know, you know, if, you know, he can still operate himself, but it's an only reference to, to this version of Batman as well. But does the whole armored suit thing not just come into the Dark Knight Returns when he's fighting Superman? 
Yeah. Aye, that's what I'm saying though. As in, right, I, I was saying it was for Friday because it's still a Frank Miller comic, right? But Clint Eastwood was meant to play this part Miranda. and fight Superman and this kind of thing. And so it's actually what they're telling is it's a mashup of a Superman story and the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. There's still actually, for any fans who are unsure of how it's going to go, they're still telling a Frank Miller story. Yeah. Which the ones that no one told as well. Which essentially means it is going to be dark. I mean, like, I, I even think you can get from the trailer that it is going to be dark. You know, it, it does definitely seem that. Uh, I'm not quite sure how the trailer is going to go. I tried that the film is going to go. I'm not quite sure what direction I'm going to take it on. It does seem that uh, Batman and Superman, for one thing, better work, are going to have a fucking massive scrap. <laughs> and obviously Batman's got his modified suit. And Someone is getting their fuck knocked on. Uh, exactly. Someone's getting their fucking tiger punch. They're going to bit the fucking head of each other. Mm. But at the same time, that will only be interesting for me for about five minutes. See, I mean, it's been this huge build-up, I would say, almost Aye. probably since maybe the, even the Donald Aye. comic books, the scrap, who won? Batman, Superman. Aye. Obviously, in a very basic level, Superman would win because he is a fucking alien and Batman is just a, like a really rich bastard and he, he's, he's got really good detective skills. Hey, hey, but Batman's going to stick a grenade in a kryptonite condom and just fuck it up, you know, fuck with <laughs> Superman just. I'll see you after, Chief. And so, oh no, that's, uh, fuck, I could use that in those. Bang, dead. <laughs> you see, with the BM, like, like the Batman versus Superman being slightly based on Dark Knight Returns as well, in Dark Knight Returns, if you haven't seen it, spoilers, mm-hmm. that, uh, like, uh, Batman has the armored suit and all that air, but, uh, I was going to say Spider-Man there, Superman has absorbed a nuclear bomb yeah. and is still weakened from it. Sucking bombs. <laughs> he's, sucking, <laughs> he's sucking bombs. And he's still weakened from that, and <laughs> even with his armored suit, he just manages to kind of beat him, even, it, like, he essentially cheats the way about a kryptonite then, doesn't he know? And, you know, if, unless they bring that into the whole Batman versus Superman story, it's like... No, they're bound to Superman will rip him apart. This is exactly what I was going to say, is that Superman versus Batman, it's a very, very strange thing for DC. And just bear with me two seconds while I say this, is that Superman was originally invented, or originally brought up, brought forward as, as being... Back then it was action comics and DC's, you know, greatest character and stuff like that. And then Batman was presented, you know, back in the day. And Batman was kind of like secondary to Superman. Mm. But as the years have went on, and I think as the world has got more cynical, Batman has become so, so, so much popular than Superman. But you can't retract what was, you know, in the original character. So Superman is still an alien Mm. who can do whatever he wants and he can shoot laser beams out of his eyes whereas Batman is just this guy with a lot of money he's a cracking detective and he's, he's a skilled fighter so then because of that obviously the people who created Batman yeah. and Superman didn't have the foresight they think well Batman's actually going to be more popular yeah. so when you fist Superman against Batman like Michael was saying yeah. in I'm saying in comic book logic in the realistic world of comic book logic Superman, Superman could literally Superman, Superman could be <laughs> Superman could be about that. Superman could be about four hundred fucking miles from Batman and just go laser beam and Batman will be fucking gone. See, you know what bet. I mean? Yeah. So it's I think it's it's a skill of the screenwriters doing this film. How do they actually make it an even match? How do they make Superman and Batman seem like they're equals? And how yeah. can they produce it in a certain you're, way? You're that right, Batman, you like, I mean, yeah. I mean, how can they? Actually, you know the reason why, in recent times, why Superman films in the past just haven't really fucking, you know, succeeded is because 
Superman's actually born. He is born. Because he can feel, he right? Born. He's born. You I have I, 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 It's I, just all Batman. It's just I'm like, fuck, I threw a crypt and break it. Actually, fuck. And I just bit the lanity. Right, can I hit these right on our bed? Hit us right on our bed. I have the best, but I'm going to hit the Z1 or I'll hit T1 before it. One before it, go ahead. One before it, there it is. Come on, act like it's Christmas. Act like, I'll give you some bad. Don't you worry about a goddamn thing. Right. Wolfgang Peterson of Troy and Das Boot was meant to direct Batman vs. Superman. Das Bat? Oh my god. Das Bat. What the fuck? It could be Das Bat. Ridiculous. The Achilles super dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. The whole of Batman just uh, takes place in this fucking mad right. submarine. Just the, <laughs> the story goes is fucking old Bats was going to get fucking married to Elizabeth Miller. I don't read comics. Only the fuck that is. <laughs> but uh, anyway, old fucking Clark Gable, or sorry, Superman, was uh, a <laughs> best man at the wedding. And then, was it the Joker and... The Joker and Lex Luthor have some sort of partnership at this wedding, and for some reason, anyway, fucking old fucking Lizzie gets her ticket punched, <laughs> and uh, whatever, Superman and Batman end up bitting the fucking line with each other. Batman's sitting there with a kryptonite brick outside the wedding, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking head off him. Well, here, Harry, and you've been building up to your big... Number one bat fact. Here we go. Bat Here's fact. Again. To show, show us that big fat bat fact. <laughs> <laughs> big fat bat fact. Uh, it was actually George Clooney pitched uh, a Batman just after Batman and Robin. Based what? on based on the projected success of it. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, so this, this was before it came out? Actually, no, no. I tell you. I think, right, because the one he pitched, right, was to reset the entire universe of it. I think because, see, as, you know, after he watched it, even before it was released, he goes, Do you know what, Joel? That's a big bag of dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, you were saying, George Clooney basically reassessed the whole Batman universe. It just shows that Roar, George Clooney had massive hopes for his fucking Aye. his franchise, or he realised this is a lot of pish. No harm, to Joe. Hey, this is fucking pish. <laughs> <laughs> right, so right, this is actually a letter. We actually have a letter of George Clooney's pitch. Oh, please what? read this. Oh, this is so good. It's, it's right, so, so he says, "You started Alfred's burial with a Sam Spade film noir narrator." Talking to his death figure standing there that only he sees. Going to the first big action set with Robin and he gets killed. Mm-hmm. Now you're sitting there with Batman. Now you're sitting there with Batman on his chair. Dot, dot, dot. Batman has a chair. Batman bought himself a chair. <laughs> Tired of standing with <laughs> no, no, Now he's operating. Not out of a sense of justice, but out of hatred. Hatred for evil, but hatred for enough for himself. The bat signal goes off and he pulls the shade. He won't go in. Slowly, a kid brings him out of it. He ends up not only fighting the Mad Hatter or whoever, but he ends up fighting death. He fights this death character in order to save this kid. And he beats him. 
the two of them end up going off the two of them end up going off this cliff and they die both of them go back come up and you see a bright white ceiling all of a sudden you see Kim Basinger in a nurse's outfit looking right into the camera down on top of the gurney she comes back with Jack Nicholson in a doctor's outfit he's going well hello how are you on TV there's Jim Carrey as a game show host is this an actual punch <laughs> my god Chris O'Donnell as a patient next to him I feel like I'm losing my mind right yeah, now. <laughs> same here. I feel like I am in some sort of bizarre world what you have is that since he was eight years old and his parents were killed, he's been comatose. He has lived his entire life, all of his hatred, in this room. Jesus what? Christ. That is fucking class. Fucking right. Fair enough, George Clooney. That's not class, that's just mental. I mean, like, I, fair enough, it's very, very <laughs> sad. And George Clooney's version of Batman, even though it should have been the best Batman that has ever existed, it was the worst. But that storyline seems Unbelievable. That's fucking sweet. And it's bringing Harley Quinn, it's bringing the Joker back on the Oh, it just makes me sad. He says, uh, this is a way of bringing old Keats back. Keats? Morning, Keats. He says, uh. He looks into the mirror, and the reflection is Michael uh, Keaton. He <laughs> says, the camera slowly pans the room. It comes around, and you hear him saying, I am Batman, I am Batman, I am Batman. Oh, this is a mental boy. Then it? you see him. Michael Keaton, or whoever you want, white hair, sitting up, just totally crazy, out of his fucking mind. Well, <laughs> surely Val Kilmer should be in the other bed next to him. <laughs> <laughs> I Val sitting, having a chap, dude. <laughs> George Clooney, actually, finally, just, sorry, sorry, sorry. George Clooney says, do it for 30 million and you'll reinvent the franchise. Okay, and we'll move on to recommendation. Hey, hey! Give me some. And we'll keep the comic book superhero theme going, and I shall recommend Super. Good show. Directed by James Gunn. Did he write it as well? Kevin Probably. back, Kevin back home. <laughs> baby back, baby yeah, back. He, 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 also, he also wrote it as well. <laughs> Ray Wilson playing the Grimson, the Grimson, Crimson, Grimson. the Crimson Bolt. And Ellen Page playing Bolty, which I think is an adorable sidekick yeah, name. It's lovely. Mm. I'm Bolty. She we'll just futs on the Ellen Page's character. She but, seems like such a uh, the, I think Ellen Page is the best thing about that film for me. Yeah. She she's just so excited to fucking stab yeah. people, and it's so funny. It's like, but the the thing the thing that I actually really liked about Super, and it's it's it is a really weird film, and mm. it has really questionable morals at times. Mm-hmm. Like fucking right, <laughs> But the the thing is that I. I really liked about it is that Rain Wilson, Crimson Bolt, the the main character of the film, is that he has a strict set of rules. Yes. And if you follow those rules, you're fine by his code. Aye, aye, aye. And he will fuck boys up with a ratchet and <laughs> fucking <laughs> whack him in the head and make them bleed because they fucking see, cut in line at the cinema. Or it's going to take your fucking eyeball off. It's going to shit your fucking hoop like that. <laughs> but there's, but there's, there's a scene towards the end and he, he actually kind of just recites his rules when he's like bitten the fuck out of him. He's like, you don't do this. You don't do it. And I, 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 I can't remember the rules. They fucking quote them for you. But it's just, I, I like that this fucking questionable hero has a strict set of rules, and mm. that's what he's living by. And he's—it's not—it's yeah. not questioned at any time. You know what I mean? 
I never really liked that. There's a there's a real beautiful thing about that film. I mean, it's it's both harsh, ridiculous, and beautiful. Yeah, it's a fucking great show. Uh, I really like it. Super's awesome. So, Sean Coyle, the recommendation. All enough, I have one fucking lined up in my head, but I'm just going to reach for one that is just lovely killed in my head. Uh, I'm going to recommend The Crying Game. Fucking show. Yeah, it's a fucking great show, but one thing I'm going to say about The Crying Game is that The Crying Game is one of the most notorious films for literally just being known for its, its narrative twist. Oh, but, and this isn't a spoiler whatsoever, but the whole thing, every everything that everybody knows about the crying game is the fact that the, the love interest, she's transvestite, she's got a fucking big mad langer, a big mad cock on her, etc, etc. Some don't better than cock on her, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what I love about it is that so many people have seen that film, so many people to this day have seen that film and think that that film is essentially about a transvestite revealing herself to your love interest. What I love about that film is that that film goes from being uh, basically a look at like a kind of terrorist action in Ireland to then a terrorist movement they fuck on the UK, a terrorist trying to adapt the life in England, then they meet in a fucking woman, you know, who obviously then turns out to be a transvestite, falling in love with her. Like, what I love about films like that, yeah, what I love about films like that is that at the start of that film, you think that film's taking it in a completely different way. You think it's going to be like a devil's own, like Ireland named that father. Aye. It's going to be completely focused on IRA activities, blah, blah, blah. And that is so second note. That falls in that background immediately. And then he meets this woman, which he's loving his life and fucking wanting us to see. And then he starts going out, where she revealed herself to be a transvestite. And even that relationship, it's so, so, so well not even document, but it's so well fucking it's so well captured captured so Heron what's your recommendation back to the future fucking (laughs) 2 what (laughs) fucking right why so because it's coming up in a few months (laughs) (laughs) oh dear they get them hoverboards going on like (laughs) controversy controversy no but so back to the future 2 um I know lots of hairs go because it was the first Back to the Future film that you've seen and all, and that, that that's that's the one you like and all. But seriously, I, I honestly think that there's much more at play in that film, and uh, I actually think Back to the Future Two is very very similar. To it's a Wonderful Life. There's so many things that are at play in It's a Wonderful Life and Back to the Future Two. I'll just wrap this shit up before we realize we're all wasting our time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a so, bullet, Bab. <laughs> so if if you'd like to enter our competition, we mentioned at the top of the show, you can email us. Let's talk more movies at gmail.com. You, it's a connection between John Wayne and Macaulay Culkin. My man, baby. Make it See, happen, baby. Nobody seems to realize Don't that, they, that they did a film together in 1990, probably. If you use <laughs> the internet, we'll find you and Nafi. I hate, Heron doesn't like people using the internet, but yeah, but, not but we do. So find us on Facebook at Let's Talk More Movies <laughs> Podcast, or you can find us at Twitter at Talk More Movies, and you can also email us at Let's Talk More Movies at gmail.com. You right can leave on. us comments, reviews, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcast service you like. This has been episode eleven. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, yay! Hey. Mm. Thank you.
your deck away <laughs> even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.